You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn family, and welcome back to another edition of Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis here on the E2C Network. On this episode, we're sadly going to be breaking down a continuation of a losing streak. Three games now, Auburn falls to the Ole Miss, Landshark, Rebel, Black Bears, whatever you want to call them in Auburn Arena, and that's the second game we've had against them this year. They return the favor this time. The score was 84-86 to 86 in Ole Miss's favor, and this drops Auburn's overall record to 10-10 and 10 on the year, 500-4-7 and, and seven in the SEC. We're going to break down all the frustrating action stats and storylines from this game. To do that, I brought in my friend and my co-host, Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray, I'm, I, we've got to do something about this losing streak, man. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We got we got Vandy coming up. We'll be all right. What did you just do? Do you realize what you just said? We blamed the Georgia loss on us, and you're going to go ahead and drop that at the very start of the show. I blame all of this on you now, Greg. Okay, what, right, whatever right, happens right. from this point forward, it's your fault, sir. Okay. <laughs> I'll take I'll take that because I've watched Vandy play this year. Yeah. Okay, all right. He's willing to take that one. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end of this, but uh, hopefully that is where it ends at. But I got to be honest with you, though. Yeah. Auburn is prone to go on a, a bit of a slump, especially in basketball, even under Bruce Pearl, as good as they've been. Yeah. It's not so bad when that happens against some better teams, but this is a losing streak. While it started with Baylor, the number two team in the yeah. land, these are two home games against two lower half basketball teams in the sec in georgia your rival and ole miss who you previously have beaten this is not something that should be happening at this point in the season even with sharif cooper there i'm just really frustrated about it. i know a lot of the auburn fan base is out there but uh, and i think some are starting to kind of get a little bit more how do i say this diplomatically and nicely um unrealistically frustrated which is the propensity of the auburn fan base to do uh what's going wrong right now in your mind um yeah, I think I think we're seeing a little lack of energy. Um, didn't see it at the start of the game tonight. We came out really firing, especially early in the first half. You know, we were knocking down threes. You know, we were getting those alley oop dunks that we were that we were so excited about having a point guard now. Um, you know, but I we just saw a click of energy tonight, and even in the Georgia game, and even in the previous games, like I wouldn't call the Baylor game, there wasn't really a switch, but. Like the Arkansas game a few weeks back, you just saw switches that were are going the wrong direction in Auburn's favor. Yeah, there really was a switch that came on for Ole Miss in this game, and whether that was a result of something else or the fact that combined with their actual efforts and kind of st- changing up some strategies or things like that, uh, that switch definitely happened for Ole Miss in this game, resulting pushing the game over to overtime, which was surprising enough, but them getting the win in overtime. 
adding to the losing streak here. Uh, but before we get further into the game here, I want to kind of touch on a couple like just general notes and things that I think are always interesting to talk about within the program. Uh, Justin Powell watch continues. We continue to think about him and hope that he is doing okay. And, you know, we don't expect him to be back anytime soon, if not the rest of the season, but we'll see what happens. A uh, little bit off topic here, but I, I love to talk about these things, especially outside of the program. And you need it in an episode like this. War Tampa, the the basketball tournament thing that happens in the summer, it happened last year. We all got on board with it, especially after COVID-19 shut everything else down. Uh, they announced a couple things this past, uh, since our last episode. I think actually one of these things was we just missed doing it, but uh, they've announced that Daniel Purifoy and Malik Dunbar will be joining the ranks with them, uh, continuing their uh, realization that the Auburn fan base, if you can get them on board, they will support you to the end. <laughs> so they have yes. gone that route, but they have also announced that they want to rebrand and maybe even rename uh, this team around the Auburn fan base. So what do you think about that? Well, they're going undefeated, obviously, but um <laughs> But you know, I think it's I think it's really cool for the Auburn fan base, especially in the summer where there's not a lot going on yeah. besides like professional sports. I think it's really good to continue to see these athletes that are whether they're doing successful in the pro at the next level of the NBA or overseas or they're just doing their own thing. You know, I think I think I think it's really good for this Auburn fan base and the Auburn family and this Auburn basketball program to stick around as long as we can. And I went and looked up on their website to see if they've announced who is returning from the previous roster. You know, last year you saw Horace Spencer, uh, Bryce Brown, Deshaun Murray. I think Deshaun has been confirmed there as well. I don't know about Bryce, Horace. LaRon Smith, too, was supposed to be on that squad, but he had a previous engagement that he wasn't able to make the tournament last year. Uh, But if those names return outside of Deshaun Murray, you've almost got the assembling of the championship Final Four team. Uh, that played for Auburn a couple of years ago. Do you think there's a chance we can con- convince Jared Harper to come out of the G League for a little, not the G League, but the the summer league of the NBA to play? I wouldn't. I, I'd give it all. I'd give it all for it. I think last year, you know, if people will remember last year, they had War Tampa build up this big announcement like right before the tournament started, and then they came out and said that it's not going to happen. They had some other obligations to go to and then that next day we saw jared harper resigned by the new york knicks so we we could see the route that that was going here so that it might happen but the fact that you're seeing guys like malik dunbar fan favorite you know the the energy guy of classic malik Daniel was the the Alabama guy, meaning he was the state guy, was the Mr. Yeah. Basketball and, you know, picked us over Alabama. So he kind of had that affinity with Auburn fans. And then you, you you just like a lot of everybody. Horace Spencer, Bryce Brown. How do you not like Deshaun Murray? He's like six foot six, but plays like a six foot ten center and yet can dribble like a six foot one point guard. Uh, just talent abounds on that war Tampa team. And I'm excited yeah. to talk about them a little bit more in the future, especially with these names coming up here. Let's switch back to this game, though. I, I got to ask a little bit of an off subject in terms of the actual game here, but Baby Blue on Ole Miss, yes or no, for, in your opinion? I think the football powdered helmets are fine, but the basketball uniforms, like, let's stick to your, like, that the royal slash navy blue and the red. Let's let's cut the let's cut the baby blue. It's more like a powder blue. Baby blue is more like a North Carolina. True. Um, but the powder blue... Like the helmets and the football, cool. That's like a cool little alternate or whatever. But 
let's let's cut it off on this. I, I hate red. it so much. I got to be honest with you. Your navy blue and your red. Straight to it. I, I just, I just, I can't like. I don't like alternate uniforms for the most part. Now, you know, it's kind of fun to see you know Oregon go out there with little gimmicks, and because they can't actually yeah. win a national championship, they got to have something, you know, and do their little funny yellow and green and silver things. But uh, Ole Miss, you're you're better than that. You're in the SEC, uh, so I, I've that is my what grinds my gears in this episode. Besides an overtime loss to Ole Miss, but. That just adds to the fact of this. So a little bit about the game for those of you that weren't able to watch or listen. Auburn actually came out uh, a little bit flat to start off with, but got um, things going and got out to a lead and maintained that going into the half and maintained that for most of the second half. But about the eight-minute mark, something happened, uh, whether that was over a controversial call, an injury, or just a change in things uh, altogether. Ole Miss came roaring back, almost won the game in regulation, if not for a we'll call it not a miracle shot, but a very shooter's roll, lucky type of shot from Sharif Cooper uh, to get the tie going overtime. And then eventually uh, the ball game was won by Ole Miss 86 to 84 on a Devante Schuler last minute shot. And that is ready the story. for him to go. He is becoming one of the Michael Carreras, uh, the other, uh, names that you can think of in the sec i don't think michael carrera could have done that though. no no michael don't don't get me wrong when i when i bring up michael career it is not about talking about his basketball skill it is talking about his <laughs> annoying level and and when we say this though gray you know i've, I've already talked about this you know privately he's a good basketball player oh i agree but he's just annoying i mean what does yeah. he do so well that makes him such an annoying player well, he, the, the fact that he's been, been there for forever is, is annoying enough. But, you know, the fact that he is contributing the way he has consistently throughout the years that he's been at Ole Miss. And he has Auburn's number. I'll tell you that. And then, you know, you think back to some other players, Marshall Henderson, that were annoying <laughs> for Ole Miss. Awful. Uh, obviously, Devonta Schuler is a much more likable guy than uh, Marshall Henderson. Uh, so we, yeah. it's hard to hate him for that aspect of it because there's not he doesn't really give us that reason, um, but he just he finds ways to make plays for his team and has become you know their lead guy there, and he earns all the accolades and, and the in the spotlight that is due to him, but uh, he is still annoying for uh, fan bases of the opposite team to play at this point. But uh, congrats to him uh, for getting the last minute shot in overtime to uh, seal it away for Ole Miss to get the up I would call it an upset win on the road in Auburn arena currently. Uh, so, you know, like we said, Ole Miss came out swinging this, but there was a change in, in Auburn that I felt was really responsible for, obviously not a shock here, Sharif Cooper. He really seemed to take over and just kind of say, you know, we've had these like lulls st- to start the game and finally just said, we're not, I'm not going to have this and just took the ball in his hand, made, made a couple of threes here. So there are a lot of good things that Sharif did in this game, but I think he had a few struggles at times. What did you think about Sharif's overall game? Sharif played well. I think Sharif played well. Sharif is finding himself, you know, he played 40 minutes tonight. Uh, Sharif is finding himself in that role where he's going to have to start being a little more selfish. And he's going to have to start taking the ball in his hands and driving and putting the ball in the basket more, whether he's getting fouled or not. Or And then when he gets that opportunity to make those, you know, three-quarter court double bounce passes like he did today to continue doing those. Um, but I think he played well. I don't think, you know – was not shooting the ball particularly well, you know, but his passing, his vision, and his, you know, his leadership, it's really, it's really extended Auburn forward, but we just got to get over the hump. 
his shooting is definitely the area where there can be the most improvement. But one of the things that's hard for a freshman to do, and you brought it up with leadership and sometimes leadership has a degree of being selfish. Like you said, knowing when it's my time to take over this, to get the, the energy level back up, to change the trajectory of way this game is going. And you saw him do that with Ole Miss getting out to an early lead to start off the game and really shifted into what felt like was going to be an easy game for Auburn. I remember looking up at that, about that 10 minute mark in the second half and like, all right, we're, we're in a pretty good situation here. Let's not let them go on a pretty decent run. And what happens? They went on a run. Um, so I thought he did a good job of being a leader tonight. Um, and there are, like we said, a few areas where he can clean things up. Uh, you mentioned passing, and I, and I got to give credit to other players as well. Uh, Jalen Williams, that dart into the paint. That was amazing. Who would have thought that he you, would be such a great passer? I'm telling you, let him play point guard. I've been saying it one for three or four episodes now. Stop it. You stop that right now. You don't wish Simeon Bowers 2.0 on us. <laughs> I can't deal with that again. The problem with Simeon, he get the rebound, and he's not passing his way. He, he's going to the bucket. Oh, Jalen, Jalen's looking. Jalen's looking for those passes. I think Jalen just likes making a great play no matter what. He seems like a guy that values, obviously, being the hype man, making that awesome dunk or the awesome shot. But he really seems to understand that sometimes I've got to be a little bit more versatile in the game. Yeah. And utilizes that very well. And you could really see that uh, come to come to life in the first half, especially with that uh, beautiful pass that he had down in the paint. I think it was JT Thor. Speaking of Thor, I got to admit something to you, Ray. I have underutilized on social media the Thor memes and emojis, and not emojis, but uh, gifts um, for when JT Thor throws down one. How about that dunk on the baseline in the first half? Really good. Just, that is the definition of a Thor's hammer. <sighs> Mjolnir, I think, is what what the hammer is called. If if I've got it right, comic book nerds, please don't hurt me um, if that's wrong. But uh, I, I immediately took the opportunity to throw that down on social media, like he threw it down, and it, <laughs> people jumped on that and, and loved every second of that. JT Thor is just a beast, uh, and if he puts a little bit more meat on those bones, he's going to be something else in about a year or two. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook Live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. I want to talk about that uh, that call. Uh, about eight minutes, there's a charge called on Sharif Cooper. He's driving in, dishes the ball not to the easy pass, which would have been the guard who was who had a guard who was being guarded by someone, but throws it back to the trail man, which I think might have been J- Jalen Williams. It was Cardwell. Cardwell, was thank Cardwell. you. And he who threw it down, but they called a charge on Sharif Cooper, a good one to two seconds, who ended up accidentally running over the guy who was in front of him. 
Your thoughts on that call? Honestly, it shouldn't have been called. It shouldn't have been called. Um, it, I mean, it just – that was the switch. That was the switch of the game. And, uh, you know, that's not a call where that decides the game, but that's a call where it changes the game. Because, you know, Carwell finished that dunk. All the momentum's on Auburn's side. We go up 10. It would go to the under eight timeout. This starts to get like we could put this old Miss team away. But then, you know, get that charge call on Sharif. It's still eight. Then Ole Miss goes two straight possessions with a bucket. Now it's down to four. And now it's a completely different basketball game. It really changed the entire complexion of the momentum. And to the announcer's credit, and, you know, we lament sometimes about certain announcers that we get and, the, and oh what gosh. they talk about during the middle oh. of the game, but they were right. I mean, they, he said it. He, he said, you know, this could be a potential huge four-point swing for Ole Miss right here because of, you know, that was going to put it back up at about 10. Uh, instead, it's a six-point lead after the charge and the missed opportunity to score, and then they went down and scored. And then, you know, Auburn's in a, in a tough spot there. And about this time as well, Sharif Cooper is kind of dealing with a little bit of a tweak um, in his right leg. I believe it was just below the knee. He kept grabbing that. They didn't seem to bother him too much the rest of the game, but we'll need to keep an eye on that. Definitely not someone we can lose to injury right now <laughs> in any oh, no. No. shape of the imagination. <laughs> Because uh, that means Alan Flanagan is the starting point guard, and, and we love you, Alan. We do, but nope, you're nope. you're not Jaylen, a point guard. Jalen, Jalen. Okay, <laughs> you keep dreaming about Jalen Williams being the point guard. I'm still going to rely on Alan Flanagan at this point. <laughs> I'm going to go with someone who's actually a guard. Um, uh, let's give some credit here. We talked about Schuler being great. Another guy who played great for Ole Miss was Romello White, uh, absolute beast down below. Uh, what was he doing so well that Auburn was having trouble with? You know, we kept getting behind. He kept sealing our big guys. We kept getting behind him, and he he was making plays. He was making great post moves. You know, he had thirty and ten. Uh, he went fourteen of eighteen. You know, one of those was a very odd shot three. So he really went. He went fourteen of 15, fourteen of uh, seventeen inside the painted area. Um, and that really dominated. That's why Ole Miss was up on po- points in the paint tonight. Is because of how effective he was down low yeah he, he really showed out tonight and you know the compliment that he was uh to Devonta Schuler was you know really what set set them apart and then we're, we're forgetting a couple other players for Ole Miss as well White or Romello White was 30 points and I didn't realize that's what it took me a second there to realize that was him because I didn't realize he had 30 points between those two 56 points I think they actually scored the exact amount that Ole Miss did in their last game together so if they get even just a little bit of help at this point uh, they were going to be in a good position to win the game. One thing that was not impressive for either team was the bench points. Uh, Auburn had 13, I believe, bench points. Ole Miss had only five. It's something that Auburn's really struggled with, and we saw a change in the lineup. And you uh, mentioned this in last episode, thought this might be the way to go, a Devin Cambridge in for a Jamal Johnson. What did you think of the switch up? I think I think it was needed. Um, Jamal, you know, I, I think Jamal is kind of one of those guys that you're going to have to squeeze in. Uh, he's your he's your oldest guy. He's the guy that can come in and can you know he'll hit a few shots, um, but get that 20 minutes. I think Devin Cambridge is worthy of the 38 minutes that he got tonight. Yes, he definitely earned uh, his start tonight and obviously scoring in the top. We had three people score 16 points, Alan Flanagan, Jalen Williams, and Devin Cambridge, um, who are all the leading scorers together uh, tonight. So it was a nice decision by Coach Pearl to give him the start and obviously benefited both ways. I I get the feeling, though, this is not the last time we're going to see Jamal Johnson potentially push for a starting spot again. 
they really do feel to me personally like the the true sixth man that you're just going to figure out who's got the hot hand right now, who's the best matchup. If it's a smaller team, maybe you put Jamal Johnson in uh, to, so they can keep up with the speed. If it's a bigger team, maybe you put Devin Cambridge in. Uh, it's nice to have two guys like that very uh, who are playing very unselfishly and are willing to go to the bench whenever they're not the guy with the hot hand right now. So I really like the dynamic that you're seeing there. And, I, you know, a little fun topic here. We've already mentioned Michael Carrera one too many times, but I'm going to do it one one more time. We, uh, I'm going to say it now. We officially have the Michael Carrera of Auburn of basketball. Auburn basketball. Yes. Cardwell is Michael Carrera, and the reason is is because he's the the guy that the opposing team loves to hate because he's just annoying. He somehow, you know, yep. he's got a little bit of a we'll call it clutch to him. Doesn't catch the ball every time, and but he's a huge energy guy, clapping everywhere, not doing it arrogantly and really in people's face but yeah. he's trying to get the crowd hyped up and you said oh, it jungle's best. gonna love him oh well, can you imagine when <laughs> this thing's packed again it was loud in there tonight yeah um, he's gonna be the student section's favorite yeah. player oh, yeah. in a in a year's time when we're hopefully back to normal and all these things what's cardwell doing really well right now to kind of step up his game with a double digit scoring tonight I think I think that comes on the hands of Sharif Cooper. I think that's been chemistry that they've been building since they were at McEachin High School. Uh, Carwell, you know, there were multiple times tonight where he's just catching lobs that there's no reason a guy of his size should catch. And <laughs> he's getting boards from behind players just because he's bigger and he wants it more. You know, Carwell is really, really coming into his own and showing why he deserved his 28 minutes tonight off the bench. It's a lot easier to work with a guy who wants it and Absolutely. wants to be better. And you can forgive some of the, you know, we'll call them, you know, stiff hands, the ones that tend to not, you know, we catch the ball sometimes a little bit yeah. of, for lack of a better term, I hate using this word, but I'm going to do it. It's the best one I have to explain it, but klutziness at times. When you have that energy, that desire to get, and actually I'll, I'll say this, and if I have it right, uh, there's a quote on his Twitter account as his header that's something to that effect of, of being a guy that wants it more than anybody else. Um, so I, I may be misrepresenting that a little bit, but I feel like that's something I saw there when I was looking him up after the great game that he had. Um, we don't have to go through all the stats here. When you look at this, we, you and I like to walk through and find where the big difference is. I think you can make a case for some different places there. I'm going to make one case and one case only for you on this one. Everybody knows where this is going free throws they win and lose basketball games 82 percent for Ole Miss 67 percent for Auburn and you may be saying Kyle 67 isn't that bad you shoot a few more of those game by two. exactly thank you that, by two in overtime yep that is why I push so hard for 80 percent because look what happens for Ole Miss they get the win just squeak it out and they're at 82 percent Auburn 67 percent it's the difference they made two in- more free throws than us they won by two I'm just, I cannot stress this enough. It seems so simple. It's just like the the discussion about what's the issue with Auburn's football team right now. It's the offensive line. It's as simple as that. It is as simple as this tonight. Ole Miss shot free throws better and they get the game. So, but let's just put that aside and I'll get off my soapbox for a second. If there was another stat area that you think is the difference or, you know, really push something in Ole Miss or not in Auburn's favor, what would you say it was? You know, I, I thought about going with points in the paint here just because it is an eight-point difference in a two-point two overtime yeah. victory for Ole Miss. But I'm actually going to go with blocks. And it isn't a huge discrepancy. It's actually tied five to five. But this is an Auburn team that leads the country in block shots. And we didn't get a lot tonight. 
You know, that's probably one of the lowest amount of block shots as we we've had, excluding the Baylor game in a long time. Um, yeah. at least upwards since, you know, Justin Powell's been playing. Um, but you know, you you get behind guys like Romello White and then you know have Fonte Schuler knocking down threes and it's hard it's harder to get those blocks when you know we you're not getting those looks. But and I okay. think I think when you pointed out the points in the paint, that kind of goes with the blocks in that situation yeah. that you're yeah, talking yeah. about. They can kind of like look at that all together there because what Auburn is one of the strongest areas they've had is defending closer to the basket. And that's not the case tonight overall. You know, they lose the points in the paint battle. You know, their blocks are lower than they normally are. They lose the steal battle as well. You know, that's usually something that's more correlating with outside uh, further out away from the basket. But I, I think this is a game you kind of look back, you can obviously blame three free throws and I will <laughs> too much to everybody else's chagrin out there. I know they're tired of me harping on it, but this is what wins and loses games. But I think another area, a very strong case is like you said, defensively, especially close in closer into the basket, a couple areas for Auburn to work on. I know it's frustrating. I know it's a losing streak. Hopefully though, and this will switch over to our next topic, our game preview against Vanderbilt in nashville is going to be coming up next for the tigers this tuesday it'll be at 7 30 p.m central time and you can watch it on the sec network and they are currently five and eight they are starting or currently in a game right now so we don't have an update for that but they are one and six currently in the sec um you said it at the beginning of the show i'm going to give you an opportunity gray if you want to retract that statement and, and not jinx us would, do you feel that you need to do that? Or are you still sit, sitting pretty comfortable over there? Um, you know, this is a Vanderbilt team. I really like their coach, Jerry Stackhouse. Um, I really, you know, um, yeah, I, I just, if we don't let, you know, like an Ole Miss run tonight happen, I don't, I, I don't see this. Yeah. yeah. They're it's, five it, and eight, one and six in the SEC. They haven't played near as much games. They're not as experienced as, the least experienced team in the country is right now so yeah it looks on paper like auburn should win this one even uh on an away game um we said that about georgia though that's why i'm so nervous and and that was in our home court too here's something i do know for sure though they had the absolute worst basketball court (laughs) arena gymnasium unit facility whatever you want to talk that just the court alone makes me upset why on earth would you put your benches at the end of the court in COVID-19 it makes sense because they basically wrap around the whole side of the court anyway at this point to spread everybody out but Gray please tell me you're on my side on this oh I definitely am it's awful oh it's awful I don't understand it either I've had um you know whether they were doing it just to get on my nerves or they actually believe this or not Clint Richardson and Drew Hooper former co-host here uh I I know Clint loves it Drew I think just loved to you know egg me on about it because he knew how much it irked me but this is the absolute worst basketball gymnasium it will probably have no bearing on the game whatsoever because Bruce by now is used to that having been in the SEC at Auburn and Tennessee for plenty of time uh but I just hate the concept, the raised up court, all that stuff. It's just so stupid. And I will continue every chance I get every year on this show. I'm going to say something about it and hope that Nashville decides to get rid of that at some point. Um, another big name for us to keep an eye on Scotty Pippen Jr. How about that? You know, Jerry Stackhouse and Scotty Pippen Jr. He's, he's having quite a year at 21.7 points per game. How does that make you feel great? Uh, he's a good player. He's a good, he's a really good player coming out of high school. Jerry Stackhouse is a great recruiter. You know, he's got nine right now currently as we're watching uh, watching the uh, Georgia 
Vanderbilt game right now. Georgia's up two in Athens, I believe, um, as they just as they just starting to get into the second half. Um, you know, this isn't a team we're going to have to – we can just walk over. You know, this is a team that we're going to have to come out. We're going to have to play a full 40 minutes, uh, maybe plus, because I, I thought we could play a full 40 minutes against <laughs> Ole Miss tonight, but that, that wasn't the case. But, um, yeah, we're, I mean, on paper, the, you know, you would think this is a – Auburn should win. You know, we're the, we're the better team. We're the more talented team. Um, but you can't walk over any SEC opponent like that. To kind of round out all our thoughts tonight, and we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the episode, the switch. There was a switch that happened for yeah. Ole Miss in the game and not for Auburn. There's going to come a moment because it's shown in the last few games. And the entire season, you can you can make it the case for any team as well. Yeah. There's going to come a moment where there's going to be a struggle point. Can Auburn flip the switch back yeah. in their favor? And if they can do that, this shouldn't be a problem on the road. Um, but sadly, uh, we've been wrong before. So I hope when we see each other again, Gray, yes. <laughs> that we're not talking about a continued losing streak, but we'll hope for the best. That would be bad. Be very bad. Very, very bad right now in, uh, in a time where Auburn basketball fans, Auburn fans in general, want something to be excited about when we're not yeah. going to be playing postseason. So anyway, on that sour note, we'll end the show here today. We appreciate everybody being here and, and uh, listening and uh, working with us through this tough stretch of Auburn basketball this season. But before we get out of here, let's share our contact information. Uh, where can they find you, Gray, if they want to talk basketball with you? Absolutely, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Gray Oldenburg or on Instagram at Gray O twenty one. And you can find me on Twitter as well at Tiger Eye twenty four. That's all we have for you in this episode. Thank you for listening. Until we talk to you again, or Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?